one of the things that we have to make sure we're looking out for is what are the patterns um, that the Bible is showing us and where do we find ourselves in those patterns? Yesterday, when I met with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, we were on a call together and it was so phenomenal because um, we're all coming together and many of them have goals and dreams. And I mean, just name an industry, name a product or service, name a part of the country. People were coming together from all around the world. It was an amazing meeting. And uh, when we all met together, uh, one of the things that we started talking about, one of the first things that I presented to them is before we start going down this road of, um, I'm trying to think what was the topic yesterday, um, how to um, turn your uh, company, uh, how to create a global brand, that's what it was about, um, by using God first principles. So um, I said, before we begin to dive heavily into the how-tos uh, because they're learning so many things from, you know, growing their social media channels and, you know, launching their podcasts and getting their products and service off the ground, getting their, their, their emails and things set up. I mean, there's just so many things. And then we have all these goals and things in place. Some people are looking to get up to a certain level. So we really roll up our sleeves and get to work with a lot of things that we do. But I said, and I bring this up to say, before we even begin with that, Let's make sure that everyone has a clear understanding of biblical patterns. And I'm not going to walk through all of what we talked about, but I think it's so important to touch on this that I wanted to do a, a video for the general public to see is there are patterns in the Bible. The Bible really is just a series of patterns. Really, it is. I spent all day Saturday from morning until late at night just literally studying through the Old Testament and walking through the Kings, you know, starting through um, really uh, with the judges. Right. Um, and, and, and studying, you know, Gideon and Deborah and, and all of the judges. I think there were about 12 or so judges then going through the Kings and then looking at each king. So, you know, how about this? I want to challenge you to take your time, sit down and then go through every king in the Bible every king that there were start with Saul um, and you'll know the up and the down that he went through and, and why he went on that down slope then go into David right we all love David right but David did some mess as well just so you know David did some stuff and ended up getting a woman pregnant and did some things he had no business doing um, a woman that was married and then David um, had some issues in his family with his kids and one of his sons tried to kill I mean David went through some stuff so but just look at what happened with David right and then go on into um, who was next Solomon you know and I think that's kind of where we parked yesterday when I was in the meeting with a lot of the the entrepreneurs we talked a little bit about Solomon and about um, uh, what went well and what didn't now Solomon got it right at the end you know um, and you guys know that Solomon wrote a lot of proverbs and um, of course, Ecclesiastes and, and Song of Songs. But we talked about, so what, what went wrong in that? You know, and why is that even important to pay attention to, especially if we want to apply that to our personal development or, or even in business? It's so important to follow patterns. So what happened with Solomon's son, with Rehoboam, who came after him? Did, did he not learn from his dad what to do and what not to do? So let me, let me just, I'm kind of, let me just slow down a little bit because we, we ended up talking for almost two hours yesterday. Uh, the meeting went like almost an hour over where it was supposed to go because it was such a good discussion. And I love that everyone in the group was like, Z, this was so beyond phenomenal because this has given us the foundation that we need as we're growing our companies or launching our businesses or whatever it is that we're doing because we got to be aware of the pitfalls because cause it's easy to, to worship and, and love. God. I shouldn't say easy. That's not true. I should say it, it's a little easier to say when, when you don't have what you're aiming for yet that, oh, no, God's going to always be first in my life. I'm always going to do, you know, honor the Lord and do what I need to do. And then God blesses you. 
He gives you what you what it is that you've been praying for. You've been asking for for so long. And then you're not praying as much as you used to. You're not worshiping him the way you used to. Right. And then before you know it, you're following these counterfeit gods or these idols. And, 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 and it just kind of snuck up on you. So if you don't believe me, let's look at what happened with Solomon a little bit. So anyway, that's how I started off the um, entrepreneur mentorship uh, that I had yesterday. And it was fantastic. They they loved it. And it was only by the grace of God um, that everyone was really able to benefit from it uh, just to get a solid foundation. But whether you have a business or not, this should apply to you. You always want to be aware of what are the biblical principles and what are patterns in the Bible? What principle and what pattern am I following? And, and, and what do I need to be aware of so that I can at least be alarmed and, may, and, 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 and pray to God and be alarmed and do my best and not fall into that same trap. So with Solomon, what was so interesting is in 1 Kings chapter 3, if you all turn to it real quick. <clears throat> I love that it starts off in verse 10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked. Um, for, oh, let me just go up a little higher. Solomon said, um, but I'm only a little child and I don't know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you've chosen, a great people, too numerous to count. Um, or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who's able to govern this great people of yours. And the Lord went on in verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this and, um, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I'll do whatever you've asked. And then he goes on to say, I'm going to give you a wise discerning heart and so on and so on. So that's good. So, so what I did yesterday, Day, um, and I'm just giving like a little piece of what we talked about. It was such a good discussion that we had is, you know, you kind of say, OK, so that's a high piece, right? Solomon's humble. He's going to God. He's getting advice. Then if you turn the page over to First um, Kings chapter four and you go into verse twenty nine, uh, it says God gave Solomon wisdom. And very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Well, that sounds good, right? Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East and greater than the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than any other man. And then it just goes on to talk about how wise he was, how much the Lord was so pleased with him. And Solomon was doing everything right. And then just go on a few more chapters. I'm not going to read through every page. I would love to, but I know for time's sake I can't. But if you go through every chapter and you get to uh, chapter 11, I think it's chapter 11 here. Let me just see. Get to chapter 11 and then go look down to see what is some of this stuff that Solomon was doing. So then it goes on to talk about um, uh uh, round verse three, chapter 11, verse three, Solomon said he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines um, and his wives led him astray. So Solomon went off marrying all of these women from all over the place that was following all of these different gods. Right. He was totally uh, not doing what God told him to do. And at, in verse four, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart to other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord. As the heart of uh, his father, uh, David, his father had been, he allowed Asherah, the goddess of the Sidonians, um, and Molech, the detestable god of the Amorites. He followed, rather, he followed Asherah, the god of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Amorites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. My goodness. And then it just goes on to talk about these different gods that he followed. And I won't go into detail about each of them because I'm going to shorten this a little bit. But the bottom line is that these gods, even like the God of, of Molech, these people were literally like sacrificing their kids to these gods. So you wonder, wait a minute, how, 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 it, how is that even possible 
that your father is King David. You build this huge immaculate kingdom. You know, the Bible even teaches us in Ecclesiastes that Solomon didn't deny himself anything his eyes desired. And God is so pleased with you. And then you just go left field and you begin to come down off of this curve because now you're following all of these other gods. And how are you going to allow all these statues and things to be built and you're honoring and following all of these other gods, even even gods that were so detestable. So that's what happened. That's just that. So when you sit back and look at it, you just look at, wow, let's look at that pattern. What happens? How do we identify ourselves in that pattern? Where do I stand? First of all, do, do I recognize myself anywhere on this curve? Right. And where, where do I where do I see this story going? And then when you go on a little bit further and I would just love to keep going with you guys, go on into the next one, go into Jeroboam and, 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 and Rehoboam. Right. Jeroboam was not Solomon, um, not his uh, son. It was uh, Rehoboam. Him, but then go into that and see what happens. So you would think that Rehoboam would kind of learn from his dad, right? And Solomon, again, he ended up getting it right at the end. I'm just kind of jumping through a few things. But uh, then Rehoboam came along. And you think, okay, surely he's going to get it right, right? Because at this point, uh, Rehoboam is now um, uh, running, uh, I think it was just uh, Judah. So Rehoboam, here it goes again. Uh, Rehoboam, it says in verse 4, First uh, Kings chapter 12, verse 4. Um, said, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now uh, lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we'll serve you. Verse six, then King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these? So basically the elders gave him some good advice. Instead of doing that, he follows some advice from his friends, uh, from some of the younger people. And they basically told him to make things even harder for people. And I, I'm, again, I'm jumping around. And the bottom line is they end up revolting against him and Rehoboam ended up pretty much you know, losing it all. He ended up pretty much just losing it all. You know, the, the kingdom was divided at this point. You've got um, Rehoboam with, I think, one tribe, and then you have Jeroboam with about 10 or so, right? So the same thing is just like, what, 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 what is this pattern or this, why is there such an up and down with these different kings? And then you look at some of them, you look at um, like Hezekiah, one of my favorite. And you look at Josiah and you look at, wow, there was not this big swing of an up and down with them. And you look at, well, what did they do? And the Bible teaches about how they continue to worship God. They continue to honor him. They continue to come against all of the detestable gods of the land. They continue to worship him daily. Right. So that's why it's so important that when we sit back and I have to do this myself, you guys, I have to sit back and look at what is the pattern that I'm following? And am I off track a little bit here? Am I off track? Sometimes we're asking God for things and we want him to bless us so badly, right? I've been there. And there's times when God, and I thank God that there's times in my life where he hid me from myself. He had to hide me from me because what I thought I needed at that time, especially when it came to finances and things, I would have messed it all up. Many of you all know my story. I had my butt up in casinos and stuff, gambling and stuff, because I didn't know how to deal with the issues that I was going through in life. I didn't know how to deal with my marriage falling apart. I didn't know how to deal with in and out of the hospital almost every couple of days with my son. I didn't know how to deal with being a, a you know younger mother with four kids at that time, right? And finances were being you know all over the place and friends talking about me and this and that. And so I went to counterfeit gods, right? So that's why it's so important that I just want to encourage you all, no matter what it is that you're working hard to achieve, to attain whatever goal it is, make sure that you understand the biblical patterns so that you can at least be aware. And I, I had one person say yesterday, um, she's a phenomenal person. I won't go into detail because I respect privacy. She said, Z, 
when you very first um, opened up and said that you wanted to start with patterns and principles in the Bible, and we went through some good patterns as well. We went through Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61. You know, what does it look like when the Lord shines his light upon you, right? Nations are going to be drawn to you, right? Your gates are always going to be open, right? People bringing riches from afar, right? And how the Lord is pleased. Like we went through some really good principles and some other good patterns. I just kind of gave you a little bit of a shorter version. But she said, I'm so glad that we started with this. She said, because, you know, in the first session that we had, I just really wanted to just talk about how to grow my company, how to make some money. Like, what do I need to do? And she said, but I'm just, I I don't want to go into all the details, but I love that she was so humbled and so appreciative that, wow, we're building a solid foundation here, which is so needed. This is what's needed is the foundation. Let's make sure we know what principles we're going to be applying in our lives. And I'm talking, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to take this. Whether you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get a business off the ground or you're trying to grow a, a global brand, which is kind of the focus of that group that, that I'm leading with them, uh, and I'm so proud of them and all the changes they're making and the things that they're doing, or whether it's just, just in your personal life, right? You're just trying to grow closer to God than you've ever been in your life. No matter what it is, we got to make sure that we know what is the pattern that we're following, you know? One of the things I told them is I said, find out what the Bible says about you. Where do, where do you fall in the Bible? Go any place you want to go in here. What story is speaking to you? And now let's identify what is that pattern in that story? You know, you guys know mine. We've talked quite a bit about Isaiah 60. Uh, that speaks to me. Isaiah 60. Um, I, I remember, I shouldn't say the first time I read it, but I remember one of the recent times I read it and I thought, oh my goodness, Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is the year of the Lord's favor. And, and uh, it's talking about the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And poor doesn't mean necessarily poor in finances. It, just, it can be poor in spirit, by the way. So I'm not necessarily saying that it's just people who are poor who don't have anything. I mean poor in spirit. They're grieving and longing for more, right? Um, but he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness, to pr- you know, from, for the prisoners and so on. That speaks to me. So I study that out quite a bit to understand. So what becomes of this? What is the what 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 principle is in this and what pattern is in this that I'm following? And then it goes on to talk about what becomes of it. You know, you'll be called priest of the Lord. Um, you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, you will receive a double portion instead of disgrace. So so that's where you look at and you say, what is the principle and what is the pattern that I'm following? Hopefully this is making sense what I'm saying to you all. When you turn over to Isaiah uh, 60, and I'm talking much faster. This this almost is a two-hour conversation that I'm kind of putting in a 15, 20-minute post. But I just wanted to get this out because I believe this can help some people. But even when you look at Isaiah 60, you know, the glory of Zion, and it just talks about arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises up on you. Remember when you're reading the scriptures, we read it for what it is. We understand the relevance and what was going on at that time. Who were they speaking to? That's a whole nother subject I wish I can go into. Um, who were they speaking to? Then we have to take another step back and say, God, what are the mysteries in this? What is it that you're showing me? What, what's the principle in this that I can take away? When the glory of the Lord rises and shines up on you, oh, that's interesting. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's interesting. Then it goes on to say, you, you will look and be radiant. Your heart will swell with joy. 
the wealth of the seas will be bought to you. To, to you, the riches of the nations will come. There's so much more you can draw from it. And then, and then when, you ba- when you're basing your life, when you're basing the decisions you're making on, okay, this is the pattern in the Bible that I see, and this is the principles that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm putting my, I, I don't want to say putting my life on, but a, a principle is, is, is like a fundamental truth. You know, it's almost like the foundation of my belief. But this is what I'm basing my belief on because I'm following a principle in the Bible. Well, when you follow a pattern or you or you can identify the different principles in the Bible, then it's almost as if. And I don't want to say it like this, but it's almost as as if you have nothing to worry about because you already know what the end results are going to be. Because God cannot lie. So when you look at a passage like Psalm one, which I just love. Right. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Hold on. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. So what happens to a man that, you know. A person, I should say, that delights in the law of the Lord and meditates day and night. What's the principle behind that that I can pick up on? Oh, the Bible is teaching me. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields his fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. How is that possible that whatever he does prospers? Because he's continuing to meditate on the law of the Lord and God is not going to allow him to be led astray. And even in his mistakes, God is able to make quick roads straight. So you, you find a principle that you want to stand on and you're like, you know what? And a principle is almost like if this, then that. So you look at, wow, Lord, teach me how to meditate on it and, and be delighted in your law day and night. That's why it's so important you all study the biblical patterns. Understand that the Bible is a series of patterns all through the Bible. It's nothing but patterns, which I love it. Identify and see where do I stand in this? Okay, I'm trying to grow a business, right? You know, where, where, where do I stand in this? And what do I need to be aware of as this thing is taken off or as I'm trying to focus on getting this off the ground? Or I'm trying to grow closer in my, in my walk with God. How do I build greater capacity in the spirit in my prayer life? You know, what is it I need to be doing, God? I want to draw closer to you. Look at the patterns and then identify some of those principles in the Bible that you can stand on as a fundamental truth that, wait a minute, the God's, God, the Bible teaches us, blessed is the man that meditates day and night on the law of the Lord. Okay, that's a lot of meditating. That's a lot of, okay. But how is it that everything he does prospers? I know the Bible can't lie. And then you dive deeper into some of these principles. Go over to read about the story of, uh, the, that Jesus told about the talent. There's so many patterns and principles all through the Bible. You just soak in it. Identify where do you stand? Where do you stand in that? Where do you stand? Sit back and meditate on that and pray on that. And ask God to uncover your eyes and show you, God, what is it that you have for me in my life? Right? What, what is it I can learn from this particular pattern you're showing me? Right? And God, what are the principles that you want me to stand up on? Anyway, I love you all. I pray that you've been encouraged. I love you. Bye-bye.